welcome to episode four of the Track Cycling Podcast. I'm Guy Swarbrick, and as usual, I've been talking to Rob Jones of Canadian Cyclist about yesterday's racing and about what we can expect today. We also had a brief chat with Aaron Gate of New Zealand about his return to the Omnium after the disappointment of this summer's Olympics. But first, it's over to Rob at the Velodrome. So, how's the early start, Rob? It's uh, it's it's a little harder after 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 late night. It was well after one before I got to got got to bed. But fortunately, it's the last uh, long day um, before the final day is much shorter. But still, yeah, um, getting up and staggering in here again. It's you know by the by the time you get to this point at the track worlds, you feel like you live in the velodrome, and it's not a particularly great place to live. <laughs> no, but, but it has its compensations, didn't it? I mean, we had a, a great day of racing yesterday. We did. It, it, there was there was some phenomenal races. Let's start at the beginning. Um, unfortunately for our uh, regular interviewee, Amber Joseph, the, um, the Omnium qualifiers didn't go quite the way she would have hoped. No, and she wasn't the only one. The surprising one was Ned Edmondson, the Australian, yeah. who, uh, who, didn't, who didn't qualify. I think Nettie got a few points and she got three points, but it wasn't enough to to see her no, through. I, I know. I, I think she, you know, she she got her points, then she sat back. Oh, that'll be enough to qualify, and then it turned out not to be. Um, yeah. And and we're going to have something similar happening today with with the men's Omnium and with the women's Madison. Both of them are have qualifiers. Well, and I'm just I'm just hoping that um, there's not a podcast curse. Having interviewed Amber and had her go out and qualify, and we've got Aaron later on in the uh, in the podcast. So hopefully, Gatie will get through. Okay. Uh, then we had the kilo. Um, I, I'm not. I don't know about you. I'm not a big fan of the qualifying and um, and finals format. Apart from anything else, yeah. you're asking them to back up a ride in in the most brutal event there is within a day, and and on the other hand, pretty much every time. The final is is like watching, you know, it's a countdown to the winner yeah. in order. I mean, it, it, it yeah. very rarely changes very much in the evening, but there was some good rides. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's much better. It's like, you know, it's one up, it's one shot, you know, and and and, and, and the winner is is determined. But but for everything they've they've pretty much gone to, you have to have a have a qualifier and and, and then a final. But yeah, it was um, you know. It, it it was certainly what we expected. You know, Huglinda, a, a little story. Huglinda, um, we have a young Canadian, Ryan Doddick, who was at his first Worlds and his first major international competition. He's mainly there for the team sprint to fill up the numbers, but he also got uh, got allowed to, to to do the kilo since since his main race was over. And I will never take a photograph of him sitting as they do before they go up on the track. And he's sitting next to Jeffrey Hoogland and there's serious fan worship going on there. <laughs> you know, he was actually giggling at one point and he says, Jeffrey, I'm a big fan. <laughs> and Hoogland's like, uh, thanks. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of weird. I, I remember interviewing um, Max Levy uh, when we would have been 2009 in Pushkoff and he just won the Kieran. Uh, that was the year that um, Hoy missed because he had the, the shoulder injury. And Levy was was buzzing, but he was also he was slightly embarrassed and apologetic about the fact that he'd won the title from his big hero Chris Hoy, and that, that Hoy hadn't been able to compete because of the injury. And it, I think it's quite difficult sometimes for for us mortal humans to think of the athletes as being exactly the same thing. You know, they they, yeah. they followed the sport, they have their 
their idols and if they're yeah. lucky or unlucky i guess yeah um their careers overlap well when they did the podium for the kilo um they had purvis the world record holder come up and give the tso watch to hoodland and uh the announcer was talking about purvis had said that if he thought there was any person who was ever going to be- beat his 56 seconds it would be hoodland yeah uh, and I, I'm I'm a big Pevy fan. Um, I think I've told you this story. I, I I won't name the coach, but a friend of mine was briefly the coach for the the French team, and the the other members of the team were bitching about Pevy and how he seemed to get all the focus and and win all the events, and they obviously weren't getting as good coaching as he was because he was doing so much better. And the coach turned to them. He said, "I'll tell you the difference is Pevy gets here first and he leaves last." And he works harder than everybody else while he's here. Yeah, I mean, there's the same apocryphal story in hockey about Wayne Gretzky. You know, it's like, you know, he's the first guy there, he's the last guy to leave. So, and, and you I, can, I miss, and, I miss 100% of the shots I don't take. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and well, his most famous one, uh, I skate to where the puck is going to be. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, it's amazing how he managed to get hockey in there. Um, if you're talking to Canadian, especially, especially as I have no interest in hockey at all. Yeah. If you're talking to Katie, you can't avoid it. So, yeah. at some point, that and Tim Hortons, and now I've got them both in. So, um, I'm getting spam from Tim Hortons, or allegedly from Tim Hortons at the moment, which is it's, okay. it's, it's kind of nice because every time I get one, I think, ah, oh, Tim Hortons. Yeah. Um, double doubles. Uh, Omnium. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. yes yesterday's Omnium. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, it was Kate Archibald, you know, she, she, she won basically everything. I mean, and when she got to the points race, it was like, oh, yeah, I need a few points just to put it completely out of reach. And then I'm just going to sit back and watch people. And yeah. that's what she did. I mean, she, she technically won the first three events and didn't win the points race, but given, that she went into the points race with a a twenty point lead. I, yeah. I think if, if you look at the the result of the points race as it would have been if it was a standalone event, she was still third. Yeah. Um, when she didn't, she didn't really need to be. I guess the thing that probably, or the two two things that would have woken her up a bit. The first one was when Maria Martins took the lap and suddenly leapt up to silver. And although the gap was only back to 20 points, which is what it had been at the beginning. Right. It had been up at 23, 25. So, you know, she, she could then see halfway through the race, Martins took a lap. She's within 20 points. She does that again. Then the race. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she then went and, and won the next sprint. Yeah. And then of course, Kopeski did the, the okay. same thing to leapfrog yeah. above, yeah. above yeah. Martins. I mean, yeah, the other one that was uh, interesting to me was Lodi Kopecky who, you know, took that late, late lap. To, to jump up uh, into in, into silver, which but, is perfectly timed. There's nothing yeah. anybody could could do after that. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, and at that point, it, it, it was mathematically impossible for anybody to catch Archibald. Yeah, I mean, Valenti was the one who was a little bit surprising, but you know, it's like um, Kelsey Mitchell. You know, in the women's sprint, I mean, there is that Olympic sort of. Um, I don't, want, I don't want to call it a letdown, but but depending on 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 what your other um, activities have been post Olympics, I mean, uh, there's a uh, often a, a drop off performance, and and you can see that in Valentia. I mean, I, I watched her try to chase down some stuff and or try to get away, and she didn't have the snap. But she made. I mean, who are we to say? But she yeah. made the same mistake apparently in the in the elimination race 
as she made the previous day in the standalone event. She ran the rode the whole thing on the front and then was completely exhausted by the time it got to the to the last four or five. Yeah, I mean, we're we're certainly not out there, but um, no, indeed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she you know she uh, she looked for quite a while like, like like she might hold on to third and get her third bronze medal, but 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 then the, the other started taking laps and 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 she couldn't respond and, and couldn't get into anything. Yeah, and actually, the the battle for for silver and bronze was was quite close at the end. I, mm-hmm. I realized that Balsamo could catch Kapeki if she. If she, won. if she won the 10 and, and Kapeki didn't score, what right. I hadn't realized was how close Caponi was to, to Balsamo, um, which was what undid Kapeki in the end, was that, that Caponi beat Kapeki in the sprint, yeah. which wasn't enough as it happened because she had Balsamo on her, on her right. shoulder. Right. But it was only, I think it was three points between... Yep. Silver and bronze and bronze. No, I mean, and it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a good battle. It was. Talking of good battles, individual pursuit. Um, we had a good battle, but it wasn't the one we were expecting. Yeah, I don't know. Gana. What was interesting was in his bronze medal race, he went out blazing fast, motored by the by the Swiss Swiss guy, and then he kept going. And they're saying, no, no, he's he, he's going to keep going, and and he was on a world record pace. And then with five laps to go, he sort of he he, he came came along the finishing straight and sort of looked at his coach and just shook his head and just peeled off. It's like, yeah. no, I'm done. <laughs> and it, was, it was almost the opposite mistake to the to the one that meant that he was in the bronze medal ride in the first place. He he went out too slow in qualifying. Yeah, and then far too fast. I mean, there was only there was actually only a second between him and Imhoff in qualifying. Yeah. So to catch him at the halfway mark, you know he's yeah. he's riding a different race to the. Oh yeah, I mean, race. Race, you know, and as I said, you know, it looked like he's like, oh, he is going to try and go go for the record, and then he, I think he started sort of sort of realized it's like this really really hurts. I don't think I could do five more laps <laughs> like this. Yeah, I mean that 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 was good to watch. I mean, obviously the the final was the the important one, but. Before we get on to to Ashton Lambie, the the performance of Jonathan Milan was was really impressive. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him in the in the team pursuit, but that's mm-hmm. the first time I've really seen him, you know, take the limelight himself. He looked really good. No, he was he he, uh, you know, after um, watching Ashton Lambie in the uh, qualifier, you thought, oh, this is going to be like a runaway victory, and it wasn't. I mean, it was until the final kilometer. Um, it was it was it was pretty close. Yeah, but then what, what? What can you say about Lambie? That was a phenomenal performance. He's a he's a slightly odd character, but he's a really nice guy, and and you know, really happy for him to have got the the rainbow jersey on top of that yeah. phenomenal sub four minute world record. Well, I mean, you know, he you know it's interesting when he's on the podium. You know, he was he was smiling and he was so happy, and and it was infected, you know, and infectious. You know, be because you know um, the, the two Italians up there started smiling and laughing with him, and then at one point, Gianna fixed his medal to put it on backwards, and <laughs> and, and uh, Lammy's going, "Oh, I'm hopeless. I don't know what I'm doing up here." <laughs> well, I think he'll be up there a, a, a bit more over the next couple of years, get a little oh, yeah. bit more practice. Yeah. Where is? Were his parents in the crowd because they're usually a, a form of entertainment on their own. There was someone doing a lot of yelling, so okay. it probably was his parents. <laughs> yeah, they're good. So that's the the, the morning and the um, uh, and the events that spilled over into the into the evening session. Done points race. Um, that was another cracking race. Yeah, um, yeah I mean uh, the defending champion Corbin just wasn't in it. You know, you could see early on he tried a few things, but he 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 just wasn't there. But it was another one where you know the 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 French took control 
um, and just rode, you know, a classic, you know, I'm just going to sort of tick off, you know, all the, all the, all the milestones that I need, need to reach through, through this race, you know, to take another French victory. And I mean, and, and he was clearly dominant when it came to when he wanted to win a sprint, he won a sprint. But it was, it was interesting to contrast the two styles because obviously Decatur took the, the early lead, mm-hmm. riding like a six day rider, taking laps. Yeah, uh, you know, putting big chunks of, of points on there. But when he was up against Thomas in a sprint, there was just nothing he could do. No, and then you could see in in, in the last couple of sprints, um, he was starting to fade quite quite a bit. And when they got to when they got to the, got to the final one, he didn't even attempt to to put an effort, and he just he just rolled around because it's like he had nothing left. Which I think from uh, from yesterday only leaves us one thing to talk about, which was the the big Canadian German matchup in the in the sprint finals. Yeah. Again, in terms of of predictions, I probably was a bit ambitious for for Kelsey, but it was a little bit one sided in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, the the Germans were were certainly at another another level, and I mean, Laurie Genet, I expected her to go to the bronze medal race. I mean, she's strong, but but the Kieran is is her best event. And and uh, so that that was a big surprise. Kelsey, I, I interviewed her afterwards, and I, I asked her about you know how much the post Olympic sort of hoopla um, affected. And she said, "Well, she said, I, I I took two and a half three weeks off and and didn't ride my bike at all, you know, because I needed the time off, and also I had all these other obligations. You know, she was she was at um, playing football league games, you know, tossing the coin and doing all sorts of things. And I said, she said, by the time I got going, I was sort of out of shape. But she 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 didn't say that was it. She she said she said you know the, the Germans were just really fast. But I know I I have to think that that has to be part of it. And she said, but the other thing she pointed, this is her first ever world championships medal right i mean last year she said last year i was fourth which was her first world <laughs> you know that and that as well as you know sort of remarkable she said i was fourth and i, I watched the podium and this yeah. year i got to be yeah. on the podium so she said i'm 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 happy the germans were a machine is the best way to put it you know they're yeah. just sort of mow, mowing people down in the uh in, in, in the sprint events yeah and uh, i mean hinsa was Won three out of the four sprint events last year. It's Kieran's. Kieran's going to be interesting, but yeah. uh, uh, and of course Sophie Friedrich, who got the silver, is up in the um, in the five hundred, which she is the reigning world champion. Uh, yeah. And 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 again, looking at the entry list for that, the only person, you know, the only people who, who really look as though they might challenge her for that are the the other Germans. Yeah, exactly. We talked about the women's omnium. Uh, we got the men's omnium today, and and we have qualifying heats first thing this morning. Um, any anybody we think might be vulnerable to the drop after Nettie Edmondson well, yesterday? Mean, the, the first heat they're going to lose two, and the second heat they're going to lose only one. Right. So you know, um, I think it's going to take somebody um, either really off or really not paying attention, not not to get through in terms of the important people. Uh, so I mean, I. I, I would be shocked if we see, you know, anybody who's metal metal contending not not getting through. And who do we think the metal contenders are? Uh, Ethan Hayter, Aaron Gates, you know, from, from New Zealand, and Viviani. Yeah, those 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 have to be the three the three top ones. Yeah, uh, Gatey's interested. We, we talked to him later on in the podcast, but it's a long time since he he last won the Omni. It was 2013 in Minsk. Um, and if you remember, he won that in the pit because there were some um, some issues in the, the closing time trial as it was then. Right. Um, so obviously a very different ending to the Omnium yeah. this time around. A very different Omnium. 
but yeah, I think um, for me again, Viviani's probably the favourite, and and Hater maybe may a close second. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see on Viviani. I mean, you know, he wasn't as as impressive in the scratch race, so I mean, maybe that was just a warm up for him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what else have we got today? We have men's sprint qualifying. Yes. Sorry, the, the, the initial stages of the men's sprint competition. Any any standouts other than the Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of it's sort of hard to, you know, um, bet against the Dutch, you know, these or bet, bet against orange these days. Yeah. Um, and I think this is one of the ones where we, we are missing yeah. some of the some of the other nations. No, I mean Nick Nicholas Paul. I mean yeah. he's, he's been riding very well. I mean he was he was uh what second in the kilo and um and he was uh he was he was strong in the uh in the Kieran as well. So I mean Nicholas Paul I think could 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 be there and and the French, I mean, who knows? I mean they're they're riding, you know, exceptionally well here. And then I guess the the German Stefan uh Bottecher, you know, he he also was uh, was on the podium in the, uh, in the in the kilo. And then we talked the other day about about how pleased we were that there were qualifiers, Amber Joseph apart, because it showed the the strength and depth in women's racing. And we have the same thing in the Madison today. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's in some ways to me is 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 as bigger bigger a field um, than we had in the, than we had in the Omnium. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a very strong team here. What was it? Five. So two get knocked out of the first heat, and then in the second heat, um, one one gets knocked out. Um, but so that's 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 that that's that's really quite impressive. But in terms of who's going to do well, I mean, well, I mean the Dutch, you know, Kirsten Beald, um, and Amy Peters. It's uh, and then and then the Brits. I mean, Archibald is having an amazing world. Just like you had amazing Europeans, yeah. Uh, so I mean, um, if Nia Evans can keep up with her, and then the Italians, you know, Pater Oyster is the other one who's having an amazing world. So, you know, I would say to me, those are the three three big dudes, and they're they're all in the first qualifying heat. So we can look at that as you know, almost let's let's see how who's 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 doing what, yeah, um, in qualifying. Uh, you'd almost like them to be split up because uh, it w- it would be a shame if one of those was one of the two that that didn't make it through, yeah, because of you know incidents or yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I, I I'm definitely hoping that that doesn't happen because I mean we should see some good competition if they're all in there. And then at the other event today is the the women's IP. Mm-hmm. Which interesting lineup. There's a couple of strong Germans. We've got Lisa Brenauer, but it's not it's not a field of stars. No, it's not. Which I, again, I not necessarily a bad thing. We get to see some some new riders coming through. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, some who may have essentially done it are doing the Madison the same day. You know, so um, and again, since it's a non-Olympic event, then then the field has has um, or the star power of the field has dropped significantly. Brilliant. We'll get back again tomorrow and and see how our predictions were. Yes. Thanks for that. Now it's time to return to the conversation I had with Corbin Strong and Aaron Gate of New Zealand, this time concentrating on Aaron's upcoming Omnium. And again, apologies for the audio quality, which is down to the hotel Wi-Fi. You've got a couple of easy days and then a, a fairly hectic end of the week. What's the preparation like with just the the riders there and no support staff? 
Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a different campaign to what a New Zealand team normally has. Like we'd be doing nothing but team pursuiting in these lead-in days, sort of getting a feel for the track and stuff. And um, this time around, however, it's just on our bunch bikes, which is quite refreshing and a lot less to worry about. <laughs> I, I was looking back at the um, the report we wrote in 2013 in, in Minsk. Obviously, it's a, a very different scenario now, where you can't you can't be sitting in the pits waiting for somebody else to perform to see how how's the change in format on the on the Omnium affected the way you approach it. I guess it takes it almost makes the approach a lot easier because you don't have to worry about um, it's kind of like the technicalities with the team pursuit. Like you don't you don't get to a new track and have to worry about oh what's the flying lap line and um, how am I going to pace my pursuit and everything like that? It's um, a lot more straightforward. Use. It sort of suits just coming off more of a road build-up and using it almost just like it's another another road race in a way, but um, it'll be a bit shorter and faster. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, it's going to be exciting. It's Track racing is just something that's fun to do, and it's cool to be able to even be here at the World Champs because it was a bit of a last-minute thing that we found out about the World Champs in general, then also New Zealand selection, given we were unable to actually attend any World Cups, we had to apply for a dispensation to be here. So we're pretty thankful for that got approved. Corbin was pretty safe as defending world champion, but the rest of us were sort of, um, <laughs> sort of holding on to a win that New Zealand had an upsetting reputation in these, particularly in these Olympic events and the Omnium and the Madison to yeah, give it a good crack here. Yeah, I, I think um, I would imagine half the riders there have applied for dispensation. The there really weren't many people at any of the we're not allowed to call them World Cups anymore, are we? Track Nations Cups. Oh Track Nations Cups, sorry, yeah. But um yeah, it was it was definitely strange looking at the results coming from those Nations Cups when you had like eleven or twelve riders if you were lucky in a field. It was pretty crazy. I haven't done an international omnium since probably the Brisbane World Cup back in the end of two thousand and nineteen season. And um the Europeans, however, have just come off the European Championships. So they'll be a bit more familiar with um, racing in general. So just going to have to rely on the form being okay and just racing hard and having fun and see where that, where that lands me in terms of the results sheet. And it's a slightly different atmosphere to Brisbane. I mean, it's, it was pretty much like riding in a sauna in Brisbane. I imagine it's a little bit cooler in Roubaix. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, well, yeah, definitely cooler, but at least inside the track has been pretty um, consistent temperatures. It's actually surprisingly humid for this time of year. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it'll be just interesting to see what those times are as well and the time to get in the, the late days, see how that track shape does affect everything and how the conditions are. It'll be interesting to see what those, how the individual pursuers go, see how fast those times are. That's it for this episode. We'll be back tomorrow for our penultimate podcast of the championships where Rob and I will look back at today's racing and look forward to the final day of competition. And I'll have the final part of my Kiwi interview, looking ahead to the Madison. Until then, goodbye. 